Just Capital is a nonprofit that tracks which companies are a force for good. Companies like Bank of America, which just earned the Just Capital seal. Bank of America is ranked number one for ongoing commitment to their workers with initiatives like Sharing Success, which awarded 97% of their teammates additional compensation, nearly all in stock. This is the program's seventh consecutive year, awarding more than $4.8 billion in total. Visit JustCapital.com to learn how a just business is a better business. Furnished by Just Capital. The following is intended solely for the use of those with a sense of adventure. I'm shaking the dust of this town off my feet and I'm going to see the world. This is Travel with Hawkeye. Here's your host, Mark Hawkeye Lewis. One of my favorite travel writers is Elaine Glusak from the New York Times. and She just wrote an interesting article called Driving an Electric Car on Colorado's Scenic Byways. And I absolutely enjoyed her writing, so I wanted to have her on the podcast. And Elaine, one of the interesting things is when I read your article, I was just like in the exact same place you were a few weeks ago. My wife and I went on a similar trip, and we actually spent a lot of time in this one town you stopped at called Salida. Oh, no way. That's so cool. Um, I loved it, too. I thought it was such a fun town, and I wish I had more time to really explore everything around it, especially that national monument outside of town. But I made the most of my uh, overnight there and and found a really cool, like, retro motel that had – that had created an EV charging station of like vintage uh, gas uh, pumps. Yes. That, that was pretty cool. Yes. So the whole purpose of your vacation was to visit uh, Colorado, different, uh, different areas in Colorado. But the difference was that you rented an electric car and did this. And that in itself presented, uh, I don't want to say problems, challenges uh, made part of the adventure. But first of all, let's start. Where did you find an electric car to rent? Yeah, challenge uh, starts right away with finding a car. So Colorado has electrified 26 of its scenic byways so that not only can you just go across the state on I-70, you can now take some of these off the beaten path drives, you know, into the mountains and things, which was always a challenge for EV drivers and that, who were worried about their next charge. So we wanted to try it out. We knew it was important to their tourism economy and, and also to their sustainability goals. But finding a car, I mean, finding an EV rental was really hard. I mean, the the rental car agencies out there, a lot of them will say, we have cars. But then when you look for them, they don't actually have them. Or it's very hard to find <laughs> them in the markets where you're looking. So I went to Turo. That is a company that is sort of the Airbnb of cars. So people put their personal vehicles on the platform and will rent them to people that need them or, you know, want them. Um, So I used Turo to rent uh, a Nissan Leaf, a 2020 Nissan Leaf, from a guy named Nathan in Denver. Um, A guy named Nathan. (laughs) Yeah, a guy named Nathan. uh, You know, and he was a super host or whatever they call themselves on that platform. And he was great. I mean, he... You know, he when I rented from him, it was my first time using Turo, and I was really interested in it because it's then proposed as a cheaper way to find a rental car. But as you probably know, the whole rental car market is really yeah. askew right now with the shortage yeah. of cars. So Turo itself isn't necessarily um, super dirt cheap right now, but it does offer a lot of variety um, wherever you're traveling. Plus, so it, it is kind uh, of a, a nice service. Plus availability, because you may not even be able to find a car. We've heard about people renting U-Hauls in Hawaii just so they have a vehicle. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, I had I had no problem finding cars um, on Turo and, and lots of electric cars, too, which was really exciting. Um, a lot of them were... Teslas, which of course is the most popular electric car in the country, but Teslas 
um, the day rate for Tesla's is really high. It's like $150 cause you know, it's a luxury car. Yeah. Um, but I found the the Nissan Leaf that I drove was about fifty. I think I think it was fifty a day, um, which you know I, that's that's pretty good. Sure, yeah, that's, that's that's not bad at all for a rent car. Yeah, if you especially because you don't right. have to pay all these extra fees. I'm sure they don't jack it up like the car rental people do. No, no, this guy was great to work with. It was you know his home was super near the airport. It was just like you know a quick Uber ride, and you know he had. Uh, and of course, you're not paying for gas. So you don't have to really, you know, add that to your bill. And uh, he had he had created a uh, a map for me using one of these online apps uh, that shows you your route and then where all the charging stations are without me even asking. So it was it was pretty nice service. That's the interesting thing because, and you you mentioned this in the article. If I were to go on the same trip, I rented a car, uh, uh, just a regular gasoline powered car. I wouldn't think twice about, you know, where I'm going to find to get gas because I can find it virtually everywhere, almost every single exit. Uh, but when you do it to do what you did, you really have to plan from the moment you leave your whole day, the next day, where you're going to go, how far you're going to go, when you're going to charge up your vehicle and so forth. Do you not? Oh, yes, for sure. That was a, that was the second thing after the second realization after, you know, how hard it was to find a car. It's just how how very um, orderly you have to be, how, how much you need to plan your itinerary. You really have to sort of give up on spontaneity a little bit um, to make sure that you're going to drive somewhere where your vehicle's going to make it and you're going to find the next place to recharge. So I did a fair amount of advanced planning on this just to figure out, okay, can I go, um, can I get to these areas and find a charge? And of course, this is what the whole electrification program is trying to do is to ease what's called range anxiety among EV owners. Boy, so that they can go what a great term, because I would have that at the moment I got behind the wheel. <laughs> I totally did. I mean, even though I think, I don't think that I was ever, I mean, you know, spoiler alert, I don't think I was ever really in danger of running out. But your first time driving an EV, it, it's just a, a pretty big learning curve. And you have to get comfortable with seeing, you know, the numbers change all the time on your dashboard. You know, at one minute you're, you know, you have 200 miles on your battery, and the next minute, if you're going up a mountain, you know, it's down to 90. And you're like, wait, what happened? I only went a few miles. Yeah. <laughs> so there's there's just a lot. You have to really get used to the car. So you planned out a route. You stopped in different cities. I think Golden, Colorado was one of them. And you, may, you mentioned the cities in the article. And uh, most of the times, I, I, your goal was to have a place at night to be able to charge. That, that's, uh, you know, that's ultimately the goal if you can do that, correct? Yeah, for sure, because it takes a while to get a full charge. You can get a full charge pretty fast. There's um, there's sort of, you know, in, in layman's terms, there are slow chargers and fast chargers. And slow chargers are, are much more common than fast chargers. And slow chargers often are free or very inexpensive. Fast chargers you pay for. So, you know, you ideally you want to, like, plug in overnight. Give yourself eight hours to plug in to get that full charge overnight so that you're sending out, you know, into the mountains with, 100% battery, and, and then you really don't have to worry about it. So when I was driving from Vail to Salida, you know, I was going over a 10,000-foot mountain pass and driving at 10,000 feet through Leadville. Um, you know, this is, this is a lot of elevation gain, um, and so I knew that I'd be losing more battery charge. Um, it, it, it requires more battery to go uphill, for example, um, that I really wanted to set out with a full charge in the morning. And, and there were a lot of not only hotels um, 
have EV chargers, but a lot of these communities have public chargers, like in in parking lots. So like in Vail, I use the public parking um, structure, and they had EV chargers for free. And I, I want to say, if you're an EV driver, you already know this, but you get rock star parking in every garage. <laughs> yes, I am a little bit envious of it. But, you know, I'm thinking after I read your after I read your article, you know, I wasn't too in on uh, and it's not your article is fantastic. I absolutely loved it. But I wasn't really too in on the traveling because I really hadn't thought about how much planning you got to do for an EV vehicle. Now, now things could change in the next, you know, five to 10 years and they probably will get better. But how many times did you have to stop like in the middle of the day to charge? You know, I only stopped uh, when I felt like stopping, like when I was touring, you know, like if I was, if I was making a stop in in a town like Leadville, you know, and I wanted to like walk around the historic district or go to a museum or go to some shops. And so then it was really easy to hook up. I, I, I uh, stopped in a town called Buena Vista and I was having lunch. And so I hooked up there and, you know, you spend like an hour at lunch walking around the town, do a little hike. You come back an hour later and, you know, you get an extra 25 uh, mile boost on your, on your battery. So they made it really convenient to stop. And I think in part that was, um, that was very intentional. They placed these EV chargers um, near sort of commercial centers to encourage um, drivers to stop, you know, plug in and then patronize all the local businesses, locally owned shops and restaurants. And so they're sort of coupling um, sustainability with economic development. And by the way, those two towns, Leadville and Buena Vista, many would call it Buena Vista if you're just driving by for the very first time like I did. Uh, <laughs> but the people there call it Buena Vista. Uh, aren't those just great communities too? beautiful, beautiful towns to stop in? Oh my gosh! I mean, a revelation. I these these are such fun towns. If anyone is thinking about doing a road trip, I highly re- recommend. I think that's Highway 24 that thread the, threads those together, and they're just these great outdoor adventure towns. Um, a lot of them with historic districts um, that were built during the the boom years in mining or railroads. Um, so they have a lot of great you know character, but then they have this new life with like. Um, great shops and there's um, amazing rafting on the Arkansas River so it's a lot of fun even if you're not rafting just to watch some people like get through the rapids it's, it's super cool yeah you know that one town of Salida um, I have that I, I discovered those towns by the way this winter just by accident and uh, I went back with my wife uh, a few weeks ago because I said you, we got to go back to these towns these are just incredible and Salida like the this gorgeous little downtown which is like probably 13 14 blocks very vibrant ends like right at the river and then the mountains start right there and people from town are just riding their bikes into the mountain bikes into the mountain and going on these incredible hikes like what a great way to live oh completely i mean i was like i don't i was sitting down at a brewery and the breweries are so cool like you know there's adirondack chairs out on the sidewalk and you know you can strike up conversations with people and they'd be like pointing at the mountain going yeah i was up there just yesterday you know and it's very very outdoorsy biking is huge um and like you can just go in that river right from town go yeah. for a swim go for a rafting trip it's it's pretty pretty cool yeah i, I mean in, in salida uh the town i mean there were really the restaurants that were overlooking the river and there was like, one day there was kids uh kids kayak camp uh, the next day, everybody was bringing out these surfboards. They were surfing the rapids in the river. 
And I thought, this is just, man, I'm living in the wrong place. I don't know where you live, but where I live sucks compared to that town. I'm going to tell you what, I, we're actually thinking about moving back there when we retire because we loved it so much. But those, it was just a beautiful uh, section of Colorado that's off I, that's you know not the uh, regular tourist towns off I-70. Just a great place to live. But, but let me ask you, if we get back to the the uh, the crux of the article, the EV and all that you saw and everything, obviously you had a great trip. You had a lot of fun, as we discussed. But um, what is the cost of charging? You said many areas, like it's it's included, like if you're in a hotel, they have free charging areas. But let's say that you're on the road and you need to charge up your car, one of those fast chargers that can charge your car up in like 25 minutes or something. Is there a cost to that? There is, yeah. The fast chargers, there is a cost for that. Um, and I ended up only having to use one once, and this was heading back to Denver, um, I was outside of the byway system at this point, but there was a town um, called Fairplay, uh, another beautiful yes. um, mountain town, um, much less developed than, than Salida, but but cool in its own way. Um, and they had a fast charger, and I needed to use it because I had to um, return the car with at least 50% charge. So it's a little bit like when um, a car rental company says, you know, return it with a full tank of gas. Um <laughs> The person yes. I rented from said, you know, return it with, yeah, return it with at least 50% uh, or 100 miles. Um, you know, they don't want you running the battery down. It's not good for the battery. Um, so I, I totally understand that. And um, so I had to stop. You know, there was no way that I was going to get all the way from Salida back to Denver without using more than half of the battery. So I knew I had to stop. And, again, it's one of those days where you're flying, so you kind of want to race back to the airport, you know? Yes. You, you have your flight in mind, but, oh, I have to stop and charge. And it's not like a filling station. You know, you just – it isn't a five-minute stop. Um, I think I stopped for about a half an hour. Um, and I ended up paying $20 for about 60 miles, which is, is more, you know, per mile than gasoline. Sure, yeah. Um, it was quite a bit more. But, again, it's the only expense that I had in terms of a charge – um, for for the whole five days or four days, sorry, um, which I didn't think was was terrible. And again, it was only because it was kind of an emergency. Yeah. And and I will say I got it um, close to 100 percent. Like you could just get it to 80 percent. Most EV drivers kind of just go to 80 percent because the the battery slows down. It doesn't charge as fast or at the same rate uh, between 80 and 100 percent. So you could spend a lot of time in that charger and time at the charger costs more money. So I'm not necessarily saying that I did it right. I probably did it wrong and could have saved more money just getting it to 80%. Now, you said uh, you had kind of— Again, live and learn. Yeah. <laughs> you said you, you had kind of had a, a route mapped out, and the person you rented the car from kind of helped you out there. But are there apps on your phone, like if you had an you know, EV that you just drove around town maybe and you wanted to go on a road trip, are there apps that you can use that, uh, in your local area that you can find out where the, uh, the stops are? Oh yes, I, and I don't think you could really. I, I don't think you could really um, drive an EV without some of these apps. They're so useful. Um, the the big one that everyone seems to use is called PlugShare, um, and that shows um, you know chargers everywhere. Um, so you can just put in your destination; it'll show everything around there. Um, there are others that we I use also used um, a better route planner. Uh, which is another mapping uh, service, and that also shows um, all the um, charging stations along the way. Um, and then some of the charging stations themselves have their own apps. Um, I was using a system called ChargePoint, so I needed their app to just um, unlock 
the the hose, you know, the yeah. the actual um, coupler, the, the coupler. Um, so it's it's very much you, you have to be comfortable with apps. I'll just say that okay. if, if you're going to make a trip with uh, yes. with an EV. So mom, dad, who listened to my podcast, probably this is not for you, I would say. Uh, oh, give it a try. Take your grandkid. <laughs> so heaven forbid you run out of uh, of the charge on the route. Uh, that's You know, you can run out of gas, too. So let's just say, you know, that works both ways. Um, I would know what to do. I would, you know, try to find a way to get to a gas station, buy a gas can at the gas station and fill up. What do you do if you run out of a charge on a road trip in an electric car? Oh, my gosh, just hearing that, you know, makes me nervous. Um, <laughs> yeah, I guess you'd have to get towed. So you didn't you even know? think of that you, That was because you had it so well no. planned that, that it wasn't even part of your, uh, of, uh, of oh, your yeah. thought process. I mean, I think, I think, what, I think the, the scenario that you just proposed is so motivating that I was just like, no way am I, you know, I'm, I'm not going to let this vehicle get under 50%. You know, okay. I was just like, I'm not going there. Because, I, I mean, you can't just go and get a, a can, you know, a, you know, a, a tank of gas and, yeah. and, and come back and, and fill it up. It doesn't work like that. Yeah. I know. <laughs> get, like get a, you know, one of those phone thing, you know, those batteries for your phone. You just can't get a giant one for your car. Yeah. Um, so you I were, mean, dr- I guess I, yeah, I'm sorry. I, I think that you can't, like you can rig up a system where you can plug into, um, uh, you know, there's EV, anybody listening to this who has an EV is going to say, no, 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 she's wrong. Um, because you can, you can adapt okay. um, to other electrical outlets. I just never let myself like deal with those what if scenarios mm-hmm. um, because I'm just not sure the average traveler is gonna gonna have to worry about that. Yeah, but yeah. you know it's a good point, very good point to think about that. So you rented a Nissan Leaf, uh, and I wanted to ask a little bit of Teslas because as I was driving back from the same road trip, I drove back to Texas. I stopped at a Stuckey's, oddly enough, <laughs> that I didn't even know they uh-huh. still had. And they actually had a Tesla charging station. And I talked to them for a little bit. And there were like three or four cars that came up. And I talked to one of the drivers. And he said on their dashboard, the Tesla folks, which I, I correct me if I'm wrong, I think they have a totally different plug-in system, right? They have to go to a specific Tesla charging station. Uh, I'm, they do, yeah. They have okay. their own proprietary yeah. Net- network. Yeah. Um, and But they can also use public... Um, EV charging or charging stations with an adapter. Okay, with an adapter. But they were saying it, yeah. it's you know they uh, on their on their dashboard on their iPad type device there it tells you know how far your charge is where the next charging station is. It sounds like they've got a pretty intensive user experience for charging that almost takes away some of the anxiety. Yeah, that's what that's what Tesla owners say, and 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 they do have many more options for charging than people with other um, models of EVs. Um, and apparently they're very fast. Um, yeah. I mean, if you're, if you really have range, range anxiety at this stage of development in, here in the United States, you know, test, Tesla is a, the yeah. better answer. Yeah. Yeah. I really enjoyed your article a lot. It was really neat. One, because I had just been there and I really enjoyed that part of the country. And secondly, because I had talked to those Tesla drivers, I had all these questions and all of a sudden, boom, your article pops up. I'm like, oh my gosh, it's like you wrote this for me. Uh, here's a little addendum though about the Nissan Leaf. And I've talked to a couple people about this. Uh, you know, Tesla's making these home batteries now and they're very, very expensive. A lot of people are buying old Nissan Leafs and salvaging the battery out of there and using it for their home batteries because it's much more uh, uh, it's it's much more affordable to do it that way to buy a used leaf than it is to buy the Tesla home battery. 
Oh wow! I didn't know that. Yeah, That's interesting. Yeah, it's it's a really it's a whole new phenomena in the home batteries to buy old Nissan Leafs, and some people aren't even taking them out of the car. They're just <laughs> parking the car like behind the house and using that the car battery to you know as a as a a charging uh, station for their home. No kidding. Yeah, that's interesting. I, I I will say I really enjoyed driving the Leaf. Um, I hadn't driven. I don't think I had maybe had one experience with an EV prior, but I'd never driven it on those fun, wiggly little roads that you get to drive in the mountains in Colorado. Yes. And because the battery's so heavy and there's this low center of gravity, I found that I could just accelerate through the, you know, those little S turns, and it was really, really fun. <laughs> well, your article was fantastic. I'm going to put a link to it in our show notes, so if people want to check it out, and if you've ever thought about, you know, traveling cross country on electric vehicle. Definitely check out Elaine's article. Elaine, thank you so much. I always enjoy talking to you. Thanks for having me, Mark. You've been listening to the Travel with Hawkeye podcast. I'm Mark Hawkeye Lewis. The world is out there. Your adventure awaits, but make sure you're charged.